And then there's different stages of entrepreneurship where I noticed my eating habits kind of changed. So in the beginning, I wasn't eating at all because I was grinding. Mm -hmm. But then eventually, as I was scaling my business, actually dealing with big launches, doing all these things, that's when I started binge eating Mm. because I was stressed. Yes. Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. Hey you guys, welcome back to Wing and Unhappy. I am so friggin' excited today because I have Vanessa Lau here with me on the podcast. So Vanessa is an entrepreneur, she's marketing, she's launched a six-figure business. What else have you done? You've done everything. Started a successful YouTube channel. Yeah, you have over 100,000 <laughs> subscribers. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a wild ride. Oh my goodness. So I am so excited to have you here because you really started out my own business, my coaching business. And now we're here in Bali together almost a year later to the date, recording our second podcast together. And I'm so excited because you have a lot to share. I do. And it's crazy because right now we're literally sitting side by side. And the last time we spoke, we were like, I was in Vancouver, you were in Bali. And now that fact that a year later we're together in Bali is pretty crazy to me. Absolutely insane how much can change when you take action. So can you tell us a little bit more about how we actually met and how you became this wildly successful badass entrepreneur that you are today? Yeah, so it's funny because I feel like I changed your life, but you changed my life and Mm -hmm. it's just craziness. So when I, how I met Victoria was I had quit my nine to five over a year ago, I think like a year and a half ago now. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I didn't want to work in the rat race. I didn't want to work at a corporate company. Um, And deep inside, I've always wanted to be a YouTuber. I've always wanted to at least create content. I wanted to be an influencer. (laughs) I laugh now, but that's literally what what my goal was. I was like, oh, I really want to try this out. And so I started a YouTube channel after I quit my nine to five because I had so much time on my hands. And then my third video that I ever posted on YouTube was about why I quit my corporate job and it was in the perspective of a millennial. Because at the time, when I was struggling figuring out, why, um, figuring out how to quit my corporate job, I found that a lot of the information online was like super outdated or maybe it was from the perspective of someone that was super old. But I knew from my own network that there were a lot of people that were specifically young people that really hated the corporate grind and felt like they were sold this lie from university. And so I created this video outlining, it was like a 30 minute video outlining why I quit my corporate job. And it's so crazy because I literally was gonna take that video down Mm -hmm. because I felt awkward, I felt embarrassed, I felt like, oh my gosh, what if people think I'm entitled? What if my managers look at this? And within 24 hours, I kid you not, you found me on Facebook, DM'd me, and then you asked me if you could see my website and asked me if I offered coaching services. And you called me a life coach. And I wasn't even <laughs> I wasn't even a life coach. I wasn't anything. And so you planted the seed yep. for me to be a coach. Yep, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, uh. And I remember actually lying to you. And I said, hey, I'm sorry. I, I just saw your message. It was in my DM box. Your message was not in my request box. <laughs> I just needed time to actually digest what to do with you because I didn't have a website. I didn't have a business. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. 
but I took the chance anyways because I didn't know what I was doing. And I think a lot of people, they'll, they would have said, oh, they would have probably turned you down and be like, hey, sorry, I don't really know what I'm doing right now, so I can't work with you. I'm not this, I'm not that, blah, blah, blah. But the approach that I took it was, hey, I don't know what I'm doing right now, and I think that this would be a great opportunity to help mm-hmm. you because you specifically messaged me saying that you were inspired by my video and that you were also miserable in the nine to five. And it turns out we work for the same company and we didn't even realize. And you wanted my help to help you quit that job. And I was like, okay, I mean, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'll help you for free. And so that's how our coaching relationship began. And it's been history since. So that's how we met. It was literally that one video that I was so close to taking down. And that one DM that changed my life and changed your life because Mm -hmm. through our coaching together, you were able to move to Bali. To Bali, start my own business. And then now we're sitting here at my villa beside our pool. Like literally, what is happening? It's absolutely insane. But corporate to an entrepreneur. So we both made that shift. And it's a huge lifestyle shift. Like from going from having a set lunchtime to now working out of your home and having 24-7 access to your kitchen and your food, especially when you're stressed, you're trying to do all these things, and all of a sudden you're like living in, yeah, living in your kitchen, essentially. So how did your relationship with food change, and what have you learned? Yeah, so since leaving the 9 to 5, it's crazy because we had a conversation about this uh, when we met in Bali, like, literally a couple days ago about how we were both stress eating when we were working at that company. So for me, I literally spent so much money on Starbucks when I was working in the nine to five. Um, I would be literally taking these unnecessary breaks because I just wanted to get away from my lap, from my computer. And so I would do these Starbucks runs, get the most expensive Starbucks drinks just to fill a void because I hated my nine to five so much. And my eating habits were so weird when I was working in the nine to five because I was either just eating a lot out of boredom or out of stress, or I wasn't eating at all because I had all these meetings that I had to run to and I would skip breakfast lunch and the only time I would eat was when I got home to eat dinner because I was so busy and I was just literally on a caffeine high all day so I never really had a set schedule when it came to eating at my corporate job Mm. but once I actually made the transition to entrepreneurship and being my own boss and setting my own schedule in my head I thought that my eating habits would get better but if anything it kind of just got worse Um, And it got worse because I had so much time on my hands Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to do with that time. And unlike working in corporate or working at any job, generally you have coworkers, you have people that are gonna invite you to lunch, that are gonna remind you to eat, that are going to, you know, want to eat with you because you guys don't wanna be spending your entire eight hours at work and you wanna make sure you're maximizing your lunches. But when you work for yourself, there's no one reminding you when lunch is. And especially when you're in the beginning stages of building your business, you're generally in a position where you're just grinding and you're just hustling and you're just working your tail off and you forget to eat. Not only this, if you have a client-based business and you're working with clients, I made the mistake a rookie mistake where I would book my clients back to back, back to back, back to back because I didn't want to show them that I wasn't flexible and therefore I wouldn't eat for the entire time that I was with my clients. And by the end of my sessions, I would be so tired, so exhausted, I would literally feel like I was about to faint. And the thing is, is that when you deprive yourself of food for a while, you kind of shrink your stomach Mm. and so you eat a lot less. 
And so that's kind of the weird transition that I had from working at a nine to five to being an entrepreneur in the beginning stages. And then there's different stages of entrepreneurship where I noticed my eating habits kind of changed. So in the beginning, I wasn't eating at all because I was grinding. Mm -hmm. But then eventually, as I was scaling my business, actually dealing with big launches, doing all these things, that's when I started binge eating Mm. because I was stressed. Yes. That's so interesting. Say more. Yeah. So basically, (laughs) like, I just, I honestly just thought about this now, like thinking about my journey with food and just being an entrepreneur is like, there's different stages in your business journey. And through those stages, you're going to notice that your eating habits are going to change when you're in launch mode. If you're like me, you're going to be eating like crazy because you're so stressed and you want to, in a way, kind of like when I was working at my corporate job, want to escape Mm-hmm. And therefore, because I didn't want to deal with the work ahead of me because I was overwhelmed, I would then eat food to feel like I was actually doing something, but I really wasn't, and I wasn't even hungry. Versus when you're starting your business, you're in the hustle mode, you're not really thinking about anything else, you have tunnel vision, so you don't eat. And so that was kind of really hard for me to navigate, and it's still not going to lie, something that I deal with now um, is trying to find what works for me. Mm-hmm. Because when you're working in a nine-to-five they give you a schedule. You eat at 12 or one or two, depending on where you work. Um, everyone leaves by five or six or seven. If you worked at the company we worked at, you're probably leaving by nine. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, but at least you're reminded to eat, right? Whereas when you work for yourself, maybe you're a freelancer, maybe you're a coach, maybe you're you know someone that just works for yourself. You don't have a team, or even if your team is remote, nobody is reminding you to eat. Yeah, and that makes it so difficult when you create your own routine, you create your own structure, and not having, like you said, anyone to tell you when to eat and when not to eat. And it's interesting because I've worked as well with clients who have businesses who, in the beginning, they were so paralyzed by fear and making the wrong decision that initially it was a lot of like snacking, like procrastination. Um, And so instead of trying to like really grind it out, they would be eating a lot of food to avoid doing Mm. other things. Or, you know, the initial fear of, you know, messaging my first person or doing the first sale or doing the first whatever, like all those big first moments were so stressful and your body will reach for food to naturally cope with stress. Food is comforting. This is a fact, you know, there's a reason why that when we cried, we want breast milk, like it's, we naturally seek that out. Um, And I think it's like, it's nothing to be upset about or nothing to hate ourselves about. It's just something to get curious around. Yeah. I think what I noticed too, as you're saying this is, when I was, um, well, I still am an entrepreneur. I'm like, when I was an entrepreneur. Remember that time? Remember that time when I was an entrepreneur? I still am an entrepreneur. But what I noticed is that I'm either filling my time with work or I'm filling my time with food. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, don't know what to do with myself, so I'm either hustling, working, or if I'm not, then I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just eat a snack, and then that mm. snack turns into eating my whole fridge. Um because I don't have a schedule and I didn't realize how hungry I actually was until I Mm. took the first bite of my sandwich and now I'm feeling like I need to eat the entire fridge. So one thing is is that because you have so much flexibility, you're your own boss, you're really the CEO, Mm -hmm. but you're not just the CEO of your business, you're the CEO of your entire routine now. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of starting from scratch because when you're working in a nine to five, you have to wake up by a certain time, go to the work at nine, leave by this certain time, blah, 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 blah. But then once you're an entrepreneur, you really have to ask yourself, am I a night owl? Am I a morning person? What works best for me? And it takes a while to navigate because no one has ever really shown you how to listen to your body 
And even for me, I think I need coaching from you. Like I, <laughs> I still don't know mm -hmm. uh, when is the best time for me to eat. But mm -hmm. if anything, though, what I felt um, has really helped is just listening to my body a little bit better and being yeah. like, the moment I'm hungry, I'm just gonna eat. I'm not gonna deprive myself. And if I'm not hungry, then I won't eat. Like, mm -hmm. and I think that's helped a lot. Is just being a, a lot more intuitive, but leaning into it instead yeah. of fighting it. Yeah. So many entrepreneurs they don't honor their hunger. They wait until it's like DEFCON 1, like they're about to pass out to go get something to eat. And then I will say, like, you can't get mad. Like, if there was a starving dog and he was ate the whole bag of food in the kitchen, like, you couldn't get mad at him for that. He was starving. And yet we do that with us, you know? We're like, oh, we are doing this. We just want to finish this landing page. We just want to finish this. We want to do that. And then it's like 5 p.m. We've eaten nothing all day and we go and eat everything. And then we spend the next two hours hating ourselves for overeating and like the mental time, like the mental time and energy you waste by just feeling like shit because you overate and you feel guilty and all that, that is such a huge role in your business as well. So honoring your hunger is so huge because the efficiency, like the time wasted by not eating, like mentally, calories are energy. Your brain, even though it's only 4% of your body weight, actually burns 25% of your calories. So if you are not eating, you are not fueling your brain. Like, end of story. You are not doing your best work. So saying, I'm going to push this off to eat until I finish this page or whatever, whatever, realize you are not doing your best work at that point, and it is a disservice to your own business by not actually eating food. Love it. And so I loved how you said you kind of defining what a day looks like for you and creating your own habits, because I think there's a misconception around what successful should look like and what we should be doing. And you know, we eat all those books, you know, like the, what's the 5 a.m. club and all that. And we feel like we should be living a certain way when in reality, you know, we have an entrepreneurial business or we're doing our own things so that we can create our own lifestyle. And that doesn't mean we have to do what everyone else is doing. That's the point of being an entrepreneur, to do what people aren't doing. Yeah, it's crazy because I got sucked into that. But then I realized, like, what the heck? I escaped the <laughs> 9 to 5 because I didn't want to start work at 9. But now I'm finding myself working earlier than 9 because I suddenly want to join the 5 a.m. club because everyone on freaking YouTube is telling mm -hmm. me to in order to be successful. And if you're not waking up at 5, then you're a loser. Um, and what I find is just do what very similar to the conversation we just had about listening to your body listen to what is working for you in terms of when you're in your zone of genius for me i'm a night owl and i don't even set an alarm to wake up anymore i just wake up whenever the freak i want to wake up i love that because i did not work so hard to follow rules you know what I mean? Like I'm the CEO of my business and I get to start my day whenever I want to start my day. Now, obviously, as you scale, you might have team members that rely on you. <laughs> so you just have to hire teams accordingly and be really, really transparent of like, hey, I start my day this time, but I will be working at night, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so for me, for a very long time, I tried to fit the 5 a.m. mold. What I found is even though I was working at 5 a.m., I was just dicking around till like 12 p.m. <laughs> and I wasn't even efficient and I would still sleep late because at yeah. nighttime is at least for me when I start getting those creative juices and I start becoming really innovative and all that stuff. And so when you have your own business, just do what is best for what works for you because if you don't, then you're not gonna, like you said, put your best work out there. Mm -hmm. My best work happens at night, honestly. And so knowing this, I structure my day like that. I say, hey, 
you know, I the creative flows is probably not gonna hit me till like 5 p.m. So in the morning, I'll just do admin work. I'll just do stuff that doesn't require me to be creative because I'm just gonna get stressed and then I'm gonna get upset at myself because I'm not mm-hmm. pumping out what I wanna pump out. So knowing this, I'm structuring my days based on when my creative juices come. And then I leave my biggest projects at night because that's when I do my best work. Mm, I love that because you never hear people talk about that. You hear people saying, get up and go to the gym at 4.30 and you know, like the dramatic, like motivational videos and that's like the alarm goes off and it's like pitch black and all that shit. And like, I do take, I'm not, a, I'm similar to yeah. you. I'm definitely a night owl. And so I don't like to go to bed usually before 12. Unfortunately, not unfortunately, I love all my clients, but some of them are in a different time zone. And so I have to take calls earlier in the morning. So sometimes I do have to Mm -hmm. set an alarm, but I typically don't start work unless I have a client call in the morning um, until like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it really depends. Like you're so right because you're living in like the whole different time zone. For me, I don't let my clients schedule me before 12 because I'm not Mm going to be my best self on those calls. And even funny enough, even when I was in university, I would never schedule my classes before 12 because I would never make it. I would never, I would just be late. Yeah. And so I I apply the same principles in my business and I'm so thankful that I have my own business because Mm -hmm. when I was working at our nine to five, I was late all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would stroll in a few late and I would take my jacket off as I walked in and put it in my bag so people didn't know. And I put on my my badge so people thought I just like I was there the whole time. Yeah. No, no, I, I had just arrived and it was late. But <laughs> I think, like you said, it's so important to live intuitively into your business. Like it's your business. You have to listen to what feels good mm-hmm. to you. And the same thing with your eating. Like I think there's so often, you know, an entrepreneur should eat this way or eat that way. And you have to eat what feels good for you. Yeah, I love that. I think that's something that I would love your listeners to know is that if you're an entrepreneur, what a privilege is it to live intuitively? Not a lot of people can actually do that because they're in a nine to five. Maybe they have kids. Maybe they have, I don't know, some sort of circumstance that doesn't allow them to truly live intuitively. And if you are someone who has the freedom and the privilege to be an entrepreneur, live intuitively. Mm -hmm. Like, do whatever the the F you want Mm -hmm. because you didn't work so hard to get to the point that you're at now to follow these rules. You're here to break them. You're here to break milestones you're here to do really great things and you can't do that if you're trying to again fit in the mold it gets really really uh old real quick it's just you're gonna you're not your your entrepreneurial journey is gonna end up being like a nine to five if you're Mm -hmm. trying to make it so structured it's gonna be no different that entrepreneurial magic is gonna wear off after six months and then you're gonna realize you created another nightmare for yourself because you chose to not live intuitively and follow these random rules that someone on YouTube created. And then you start to resent it. Yep. Like I was resenting my own business because I was following all these rules that I had put onto myself. So I had to be like, okay, this is my own business, which means I have to take responsibility for the fact that I have to make it the way that I feel good about versus taking little bits and pieces of everyone's other business and then being upset and angry that my business looks this way. Oh my God, I can't believe I have this client call. I can't believe I have to do this, blah, blah, blah. This is your own business, which means you have to create it in a way that feels good for you, that is intuitive, which means that you can't be always complaining that you have to be up at 7 a.m. if that's your own business. Like that's the luxury of it. 
Yeah. Can I add something? Absolutely. I think what's really important too, though, is to experiment when you're first starting yes, out because 100%. you're not going to know what works for you until you actually experiment. And then what I advise is once you've experimented and you kind of really are consciously keeping track of what worked well, what didn't work well, but not just what worked well. Something could work well for you business-wise, but it might feel like crap doing it. Mm. So really pay attention to how you feel doing those activities and then be like, okay, this is going to be what I want moving forward for now because again everything can change you change as you get older as you get more experience whatever as you hire more team members anything can change but let's say you tell yourself okay for now this feels good this is what i want for myself and then you create systems in place to support that this means that if you know that you need to eat at this certain time or you can't do client calls back to back on your appointment booking system literally make it so that clients Mm -hmm. can't book you within a certain time frame, yeah. have the systems to back it up because I really resonated with you with what you said about um, resenting your business. I was resenting my clients because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to hop on three client calls at mm-hmm. once, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wait a second, if I just like change a setting on my a calendar booking system, then they can't book me on those days. Even I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't wanna do client calls on Fridays. So. I book it off. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's really important that you have that self-responsibility mm-hmm. to set those systems up in place so that you're not putting yourself in those situations to resent your business. So to recap, mm-hmm. experiment, then narrow down what's working for you and then have those systems in place to make sure that you're actually gonna follow through to feeling good in your business. <laughs> yeah, I love, it's so It's so good, it's so actual. and. Building on that in terms of how you feel, if you don't feel good about something in your business and you're like getting really crazy stress and you're eating a lot of food. So I always, you know, like a lot of my clients, if you are like if they're entrepreneurs, when they're really, really nervous about something or they're not good at something or they're struggling with something, oftentimes their eating habits will reflect that. So get really curious about your eating habits. If you're noticing noticing that every time you go to do a landing page, you're eating two tubs of ice cream maybe that's something you outsource to someone who's an expert in that or maybe you don't eat if you're doing you know if you're launching a new program okay well maybe that's something like you said need to build into your calendar and so get curious about your eating habits because oftentimes that'll kind of show you where in your business you are struggling you need more support you need help you need to outsource it's a great way because your eating habits is very much a reflection of your business and your life this is so true can i add something again absolutely okay so when i was going through one of my biggest launches i was so freaking stressed and i knew that that I could not continue eating like burgers and fries and fast food because that was what I could at the time like felt like I could just eat because I didn't want to waste time because Mm. I was on a time crunch and so what I ended up doing is I ended up just asking my mom hey can you meal prep for me I'm going Mm. through a tough time right now I don't have time to make food for myself and by the way I'm I'm not a chef I I don't cook so (laughs) technically like I wouldn't even if I had the time but um, you know, I'm noticing that all I've been eating is McDonald's, A&W, fast food, and it's killing my productivity. It's yeah. making me feel like crap. I'm just not feeling so sexy right now. And it's reflecting in my business. Can you please help me? And for the next month, can you make my food for me? And yeah. I paid her. I paid my mom. I was like, please, yeah. <laughs> can you make me food? And she did. And it was so easy. And another thing that a lot of entrepreneurs do when you are at a place where you can afford it is meal prep services. Mm -hmm. If you know that you're someone like me and you're not a good cook, 
and you're feeling like you're reverting to instant noodles, you're reverting to McDonald's, you know, invest in your health and just mm-hmm. outsource it. Outsource it by doing simple things that aren't even within your business, but outsource it to a meal prepping company that's going to send you prepackaged meals that are healthy for you so you can set yourself up for success. And it doesn't have to be forever, but let's say you're going through a crazy launch period yeah. or going through something super stressful. It's, it's something that you can invest in. If you're going to mm-hmm. invest in your business, why not invest in these things as well? Absolutely, because your business will reflect how your eating habits are. And so if I'm feeling, even if I'm eating always McDonald's and I feel like absolute shit, then that sales copy is going to look like absolute shit because that's the energy I'm bringing into it. Versus I'm feeling fueled, I'm really feeling good. Again, it's all about how you feel. Like Then that's going to come across my sales page. So like if you're trying to do something creative and you just finish two tubs of ice cream, which do whatever you want, whatever feels good to you. But if you're feeling like a lot of shame and guilt after that and then you're trying to get someone to buy your product, Mm, that's probably not the best time to be writing that sales copy because that's going to come across as well. So investing in your health and doing what feels good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think another thing too is like something that I've learned is um, to give myself permission to indulge too. Mm. So in my journey, when I am going through those stressful periods, I get like angry at myself um, when I binge or when I mm-hmm. like eat foods that I'm not supposed to eat. But it's all a mindset. It's all how you how you associate that meaning to it. Exactly. So for me, I was like, wait a second. If I just say to myself, I'm gonna give myself permission yep. to drink this boba tea and watch this Korean drama mm-hmm. because I deserve it. That is a whole different energy than watching that Korean drama, drinking that boba tea, and being like oh my God, I shouldn't be doing this. I feel so bad. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. And it's a lose-lose situation because now I'm at a place where I can't enjoy my TV show mm-hmm. and I also can't enjoy the fruits of my labor from my business because I felt guilty of not spending time on it versus changing that mindset and being like, you know what? I'm going to take a break yep. and I'm going to be okay with drinking this fatty drink because mm-hmm. I deserve it. And, you know, it's going to be okay. And that's going to have so much more benefits to you when you go back to working to your business because you're not feeling guilty. Absolutely. And here, and two things on that as well. I like intuitive eating. It's really being, it's full blown giving yourself permission. And it's like what I would say, mental restriction creates mental rebellion and allowance creates space for choice. So when you're no longer restricting, then you're no longer like, oh, I'm not allowed to have this. And your brain is going to be like, I must have this. So it really changes the dynamic and the mindset behind it. And then a quick note on what you were saying is you said, I'm going to indulge in this and I'm going to have this fatty food. So a lot of the times our vocabulary around food really polarizes how we think about it. So if I'm always saying I'm, going, I'm so bad for eating this cookie, in my brain I've associated eating a cookie with being bad, with being a bad person, with being shameful, with feeling guilty. And so at any time I have that cookie, I feel even though I'm giving myself permission, I've unknowingly, subconsciously done something bad and I feel bad for it. Mm-hmm. So for you, I would challenge you next time and just in general, change your vocabulary around food as much as you can to make it really positive, neutral, or... Um, just empowering in general. So I'm going to have this delicious cookie right now Mm. instead of saying, oh, I, uh, or even like I deserve to have this cookie because again, it means it has to be earned versus something that is allowed. Love it. Love it. Yes. So I want to touch on confidence a little bit. Okay. (laughs) So as an entrepreneur, confidence is so huge in your business. And a lot of us really struggle with that. It's very common. You know, how do you show up in the world? How do you show up in our business? 
and you're you're a superstar. You're really big on on the Instagram and on the YouTube and on all the things. So for you, how do you overcome that? Like how do you overcome that confidence um, when it comes to showing up in your business? Having I, so many eyeballs on you. <laughs> I think it's because I just know where I want to be. Mm. And if I know where I want to be, I know what I need to do to get there. And so we were just having a conversation today and I was telling you, even though I have 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and I'm on video all the time, today I had to do a live stream for the very first time to my audience for a very, from a, for a very long time. I haven't gone on live stream in a while. And I was telling you, Victoria, like I was scared. <laughs> and I'm someone that has like 100,000 uh, subscribers, 6 million views on my videos. I'm on video all the time. But for this live stream, I was like, I was nervous. I had my notes. I was trembling. I was so nervous. And so I just want to highlight this because at any level, you're still going to feel not confident. Like, mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised. I was like, what the? Where is this coming from? <laughs> yeah. Why am I so scared? What the heck? Um, but I did it anyways because I'm like, okay, well, let me think back on my first video. Let me think back on anything that is scary mm-hmm. in life. You get, you go through it, yeah. you go through that resistance because nothing worth having comes easy. And I know that if I do this, I'm gonna be able to be one step closer to where I wanna be. And so it all comes down to just wanting that, wanting your um, vision badly enough, mm. badly enough for you to be like, okay, I'm feeling this, this feeling right now, but it's just a feeling. Yep, can't hurt you. It can't <laughs> hurt me. And I know that objectively, I need to get this task done and it's just like a muscle. The more, I, the more I flex it, the easier it'll get. But if I just sit here, bitch, complain about it and not take action, three months down the road, I'm still going to be scared of hopping on live streams. Probably more so. Probably more so. Yeah. So I'm very, very objective when I look at fear. Mm-hmm. And I just say, this is a necessary first step that I need to take to get to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And if I sit here and I let this fear consume me and I let it paralyze me, then good luck, Vanessa, you're not going to get to where you want to be because that is the necessary first step that you have to take. So you need to be able to see that feeling, experience it, but not let it define you and not let it break you and just know that it's a feeling. Oh, that's so good. It's I think so you're true. better at explaining it. But. No, no, it's it's perfect. It's it's creating evidence for your brain. So your brain won't do anything if it doesn't think it's safe, right? Yeah, like, you're like the science side no. of things. I'm like <laughs> the marketing side. And yeah. then Victoria's like, this is the scientific explanation of what <laughs> Vanessa was trying to say. But it's just, yeah, it's just creating evidence for your brain that it's okay. Your brain does, if you're scared of something, your brain is like thinking it's thousands of years ago. It's like, oh my God, it's a line about to come kill us. It's like, no, we're just about to go on, we're about to go on live. And so by going on live, and taking that action because action really cures anxiety it's telling your brain hey it's okay hey it's safe we can do this and furthermore like a little just bonus little tip here is when it comes to confidence in general your brain can tell the difference between perception and reality which means that even if you do something like visualizing it going really really well so visualizing in detail oh my god i hopped on live and everyone was commenting and i was happy and then all these things like in detail visualize it happening that is fabricated evidence for your brain that it went well it's why pro athletes go through their routines go through all their moves all the time so if you are someone who struggles with confidence and going live or whatever 
visualize it going well and have your notes and really walk through it and really engage in that feeling because that's creating evidence for your brain that it is safe for you to do so. Yeah, something that I learned, I literally wrote it down so I don't forget, um, that really helped me is understanding that you are not your feelings. Mm. I think I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, and that really helped me too is like, just because you are scared to do something doesn't mean that you are a scaredy cat and suddenly mm-hmm. that's your identity that, oh, I'm scared of hopping on live, so therefore I suck at being on lives mm-hmm. and you know this is my entire identity and I'm gonna live with this and I'm gonna assume that I'm just not good at this. What I learned is just making that shift of realizing I'm not my feelings. I'm experiencing the feeling, mm-hmm. but I'm not my feelings. I think I looked, did you post this on your Instagram? I think so. Okay, so I learned it from you. I'm like, where did I learn this from? So yeah, like that actually really helped me when you yeah. explained it on Instagram. Um, because I'm like, oh wow, that's a really great point. Like you are not your feelings, you're just experiencing that feeling. And that's yeah. it. It's nothing more, nothing less. And it's human. Yeah. And like you just said, like someone who has so much success on social media and saying, I'm still scared to do this. We're all just human. So it's okay to have those feelings, it's okay to feel that way. And it just, like you said, you're not your feelings. So absolutely love that. And so I know that unfortunately, because you are showing your face and you are so engaged online and everything, you deal with some haters, you deal with some negative comments. And for a lot of people that prevents them from taking that first step because they are so afraid of what people are going to say in their business, like their family, their friends, they're in a small town. Like, what are they going to think about me? So what would you say to them? Like, what advice can you give? Oh, yeah. I get hate comments all the time. The nastiest Mm. emails come through and it's hilarious. Um, But one thing that I realized, and this was the biggest shift for me, because back then, whenever I got a hate comment or nasty email, I would literally be playing whack-a-mole with these comments, and I would try to, like, rebuttal, and I would try Mm. to argue, and I would try to, like, convince them to change their opinion and all of that. But then I realized, would a six-figure CEO be playing whack-a-mole with all the hate comments that they're getting on their company? No, they're not. They're not focusing on the five people who have something negative to say. And instead, they're more focused on the extra thousands of people that you can serve. Mm -hmm. And so for me, every time I find myself stressing about something, I ask myself, would a multiple six-figure or seven-figure CEO stress about this? I remember one time I messed up on an email automation and I was like... Should I, should I apologize to my audience? Should I do all these things? Blah, blah, blah. And then I stopped myself and I was like, Vanessa, snap out of it. A six-figure CEO or a seven-figure CEO or whatever CEO you want to be is not going to be doing this. So just move on. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell myself. And that's what helped me just stop playing whack-a-mole with negativity online. Um, and then another thing, and this kind of ties back to the theme of what we were talking about of living intuitively and setting up systems in place and really understanding yourself well. I know for me, I'm, I'm a creator at the end of the day. And as creators, you, we get really, really sensitive about our work. We get really protective about our work. And so when someone is dissing my work, not going to lie, I'm like, what the heck? This is great. Like, mm-hmm. why, would, why would anyone say anything bad about it? And I get offended. And then that's when I get triggered. And then I start going crazy on the internet. And I say things I regret. I already know this about myself because I know myself really well. And so with that being said, going back to having systems in place, now what I do is I'm at the level where I have a team. So I outsource it. 
my team is the one that's filtering the hate comments, the emails. I don't see any, any of it anymore because mm-hmm. I know it doesn't bring out the best in me. And so I actually get other people to deal with it because I know myself too well to deal with those comments myself because I'm just going to self-sabotage. And so for you, it's understanding your trigger points. If you get triggered by hate comments and if you're at the level where you can have either an intern, a volunteer, someone, a community manager to block those things for you and protect your energy, do it. It's so worth it. Another thing, if you're at a place where you can't afford help, there's a lot of settings on social media that allow you to block comments from coming through if they have a certain keyword inside. Mm. So um, on YouTube, you can do this. On Instagram, you can do this. So what I've done is I've literally blocked keywords like bitch, uh, scammer, fraud, blah, 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 Mm. keywords that trigger me. And that prevents those comments from showing up at all. It just automatically blocks them. And so this kind of, again, goes back to if you know your trigger points, if you know what works for you and what doesn't work for you, literally set up your business with the systems to be your best self. Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. That is like the coolest little hack ever. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Protect your energy. Your energy is going to be the most important thing that you have in your business, whether that's your energy with your relationship with food, your energy Mm -hmm. with your team, your energy in your business, your energy just on how you see yourself as a human, you need to protect that energy. Energy, it, for me, it's the most important currency in my business, on top, like above of money. If my energy isn't good, I'm not gonna make any money. I love that, how you're so proactive and you're so self-aware. And I think a lot of people just kind of fall into this downward spiral of being like, what do I do? And like, no, 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 you can do something about this. If this is important to you, if this is something that triggers you, this something that's preventing you from taking action, then take action first so this doesn't become an issue down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing just to add about hate comments, because I feel like I'm a hate comment pro now. Um, What I also realized is when I was playing whack-a-mole with my hate comments, I realized that if someone's leaving a comment like that, their opinion is pretty much set in stone. They're Mm. not asking you to change their opinion. They're just giving you what they think. And you can try to give them the best facts possible, back it up they're still not in a position where they're looking to change their opinion. And that's kind of what I learned from playing whack-a-mole with people is I could be completely right and they're still going to be firm about what they think. And so it's just a waste of time to try to convince someone of an opinion that they're pretty much firm on because they're not in the space at that moment to receive either coaching from you or receive any type of um, debate with you. They're not, they're not there for that. They're there to literally hurt you. Mm. And that's their that's their main goal. So that's why I stopped playing whack-a-mole unless it's like super funny, <laughs> then I'll just <laughs> do it for fun. But I really stopped playing whack-a-mole. And if anything, I just give it to my team. Oh, I love that. And so when it comes to like investing in a team, investing in programs, those are things that can also be really scary for people. Um, I know for myself, I had a huge money mindset issue and that really correlated with my food scarcity, money minds like Food scarcity, money scarcity, very similar. Um, So that's something I've had to work through a lot. And I know it's something for a lot of people they struggle with. And so why do you think that this is such a terrifying thing for people to invest in themselves, invest in their business, and kind of how do they overcome that? Um, I think the reason why a lot of people get really scared with making investments is because they're getting closer to actually doing the work. Like, Mm. and it's scary to actually commit to something like that. Right. When you're making an investment, you're basically making a decision and you're making a commitment. And Mm. a lot of people get scared by that. 
it's like imagine buying a house you're like oh my god that's a lot of money that I'm mm-hmm. throwing down it's actually gonna happen once I throw it down then I actually have to put in the work I have to make sure I can pay my mortgage on time I have to make sure of all these things and so that's why I feel a lot of people get really nervous about making investments because that is a sign that you actually have to do the work mm-hmm. right would you agree with that I completely agree with that and it's And that's why it's so interesting. Once people make the decision to invest, I find things shift for them so quickly because they've gotten to that headspace that like, okay, I'm ready to take action. I'm ready to change my life. And if they're sitting in that like, oh, maybe, maybe not, it's like they're so stuck. Mm -hmm. They're so stuck because they don't want to commit and they can kind of have one foot in, one foot out. And so deciding to invest really what, like regardless of what it is, investing in for your business um, or just your life in general, your health, it's like that decision that you are worthy, you are ready, and you're like, let's take action, let's go. Because if you're always half in, half out, you're not really going anywhere. Yep, yep. And sometimes you need to have that urgency, Yeah. right? You need to be put in an environment where you have to make it happen. I'm pretty convinced that if I didn't quit my job and if I didn't put myself in a situation where I was do or die, well, not actually die, but you know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I would not have been able to build a multiple six-figure business in this mm-hmm. year. And I have a feeling it's the same for you. Yeah. You literally put yourself in freaking rock bottom, more yep. rock bottom than me. Yep. I personally aggressive. think so. But look <laughs> at you now. You yeah. literally freaking bloomed. Do you think you would have done that in the comfort of your desk? I don't think so. No, because like I didn't have that incentive. I didn't have that drive. And so, I mean, I'm, it really depends on the person because yeah. some people rise to the occasion. Some people crumble under pressure. Um, so some people can really build a business while they're doing it, like having a side hustle and like working and all that. For me, I literally had to burn my bridges, I burn my boats, whatever. I don't know what the saying is. And then like figure it out because I knew that that is what I needed to go all in on my business and really invest in it. Mm-hmm. It's like I had to take like, yeah, I had to burn yeah. all the bridges. I think the central theme of our conversation right now is about knowing you really well. Yeah. Like I know I work best under pressure and I think you're the same. Mm-hmm. Some people might not. And moderate fi- pressure. Yeah. Moderate pressure. <laughs> and you might need to find a solution that works best for you. Like for me, I know that if I don't invest money in a freaking private coach for fitness, I will never go to the gym mm. because I know myself really well after countless of failures. I know that if it was, it was up to me to make my own food, I would do ramen. And that's why I pay my mom to make food for me even though I'm a grown-ass woman because I know what's best for me and I know I listen to what works for me and what doesn't and I just do the damn thing like I don't feel like oh society tells me this and society tells me that so I shouldn't do it I'm not waking up at 5 a.m because I don't want to and because I work best at night I'm getting my mom to make my food because I don't want to and she makes really good food that fuels my body and fuels my brain and she knows exactly what I like And I'm not, I don't know, playing whack-a-mole with my hate comments because I end up self-sabotaging after that because I get super triggered and then I end Mm -hmm. up saying something that I shouldn't have said because I know myself really well. And that's Mm -hmm. the same with making investments. Like, I know myself well enough that if I put skin in the game, I'm going to make that investment back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, I always think about, like, if I'm going to, like, I used to go to a gym back home and it was, like, $10 a month. So if I'm going to that gym and it's $10 a month, it's like, okay, I'm maybe going to go some days, maybe not other days. But if I'm going and I'm paying like what I pay now for to go to my CrossFit gym, which is quite high, like I go to those classes because I've invested and I'm making every dollar count. And so a lot of time I think investment, it's like, yeah, you have to have that skin in the game. Otherwise, you're just not really going to show up for it. Yep, exactly. 
So good. So last question for you, because this podcast is called Wing and I'm Happy, because I thought myself that, you know, happiness was in a smaller body and it's not. Surprise. So we like to weigh on what we think makes people happy. So what would you say makes people happy? Oh my gosh. I was like yes. thinking about this question all day and I don't really I have a good answer, but um, I can't necessarily say what I think makes people happy because I think everyone is different totally subjective. on yeah. their definition of happiness. I know what makes me happy mm-hmm. and what makes me happy is just having freedom of choice, being able to choose. And I think that this ties really well to our entire conversation. Like I'm so grateful that I'm in a position where I can choose when I want to wake up. I can choose what... I want to put in my body. I can choose what I want to do with my day. Today, I chose to be with you on a Saturday. Like, I think freedom of choice is just so amazing. And I really want to encourage you guys who are listening to this to really exercise that choice. You know, a lot of people get into the victim mindset that, oh, I hate my job and I'm here forever and my life is over. Everyone can be an entrepreneur except me. And I think me, Victoria and I are living proof of making a freaking choice and deciding to not choose that reality and choose an entirely different reality where we are literally sitting next to your freaking pool, Yes, <laughs> you know, talking on this podcast, right? Because we chose to, not because we were lucky, mm-hmm. not because we won the lottery or not because we have special genes that make us, you know, successful. It's not about that. So if you're listening to this, and you want to have whatever makes you happy, make the choice. Make it happen. Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on today. And if people want to find you because you're epic, where can they do that? Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. My handle is vanessalau.co. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. You can just search Vanessa Lau and you'll find me there. And I think I'll just leave it at that because I feel like there's so many other platforms. We'll just leave it at those two. Perfect. And I'll put that below as well in the show notes. You guys can easily go and find her and consume all of her amazingness. So thank you so much for coming on again today. I, I truly still can't believe how much our lives have changed from each other in such a short span of time. We're here in Bali. And yeah, thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yay! The end. Woohoo! That was great. That oh, was, that was 40. Great. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Vanessa. It still blows my mind how much our lives have changed just within this past year. And I really want to share with you some of the things that I have learned in a little freebie. So if you head to the show notes below, I've created something just for you. And it's the top five food mistakes that are costing you big as an entrepreneur. So if you want to level up your relationship with food so you can improve your business, then head below right now, click on that, and that'll be sent to you right away. So with that said, if you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to please rate and review. It means the absolute world to me. And I am extremely excited to announce that my Craving Food Freedom Academy is launching January 2020. So this is going to be an online course. It's going to be six weeks of modules, coursework, quizzes, videos, all that amazingness and support from me. Oh my goodness, you guys, I am so excited. I'm putting it together right now and it is just going to be incredible. 
So if you're interested in working with me in a one-on-one program, but you wanted more of an online, kind of do a bit more on your own, have more freedom within that, then this is exactly for you. So I'm going to be posting my waitlist uh, up soon. So be sure to look out for that on my Instagram. You can find me there on at Victoria Evans official. I'm always dancing, always posting a ton. So you can find out more about the Academy there. You can also check out my website, www.victoriaevansofficial.com. More and more will be coming about the Academy on there. And finally, if you want some support, please check out my Facebook support group called Intuitive Eating Support Group for a Badass Woman. Again, tons of content. I'm doing free trainings every single week, so be sure to pop into that group. And of course, all of those things are for you below in the show notes, so be sure to grab them, check them out. They are there especially for you. And with that said, until next week, I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.